want to talk to you today about kissing. It's going to be much less exciting than what it sounds. Uh, if you're a Bible person, you may know that there are a number of times in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, where we're actually commanded to greet one another with a holy kiss. I was very disappointed. I grew up in the church, but we never practiced that. There was no greeting each other with kisses, although I thought it would be kind of a cool idea. Instead, in the church where I grew up, the, the nearest we got was to extend the right hand of fellowship. And that only happened, you only got that one time, and that's after you got baptized and you became a member. So, hope it was a really good handshake. We were not an affectionate culture where I grew up. My, I had a grandfather who was Scandinavian, and his form of touch was he would call us in close and then rub our faces up against his face, but you could always feel the bristle of his whiskers. So it was kind of, come here and be close, and I'm going to hurt you a little bit. And it was intended with effect. This is the way that things worked. Now, the reason that in the New Testament we're commanded to greet each other with a holy kiss was because they were building a culture of connection and affection and it turns out that the way that we greet each other, the way that we look at each other, talking with each other actually gives us life and isolating, disconnecting from other people kills us. We are living at a time of isolation and disconnectedness. I think you're going to see a picture now of a group of people where their bodies are together, but they are not connected with each other because they're just staring at a screen. And that keeps happening more and more and it kills us. It's a bit ironic to me, very often, people who talk about spiritual formation, which I do, will often talk about silence and solitude and quote verses like Proverbs 10:19. It says, when words are many, sin is not absent, so the wise hold their tongue. And it can be possible to justify, well, the reason I'm not talking and saying very much or disclosing is I'm working on sin reduction because... William Bacchus says the average person lies 200 times a day. So if you use half as many words, you may cut down your lies by like a a hundredfold. Um, And uh, certainly silence can be a good practice. However, where words are absent, connection does not happen. And love and encouragement and goodness do not take place between people. So we're commanded to have a different kind of culture. If you want to net out what I'm going to say today, it's just simply this. Talk to people. Talk to somebody you were not planning on talking to. By the time you're done with this, be thinking about who could you uh, call up and have conversations with. I was reading recently an article by David Brooks, Why Your Social Life is Not What It Should Be. And he talks about a researcher from University of uh, Chicago, Nicholas Epley. And Nicholas is very aware of the fact that when we connect with other people, we are happier, we are healthier, we have a greater sense of purpose, and yet we don't do it. And the reason is, very often, we tell ourselves that these connections will be difficult, awkward, not very fun. So 7% of people say that they would not talk with other folks if they're in a waiting room and anxious about what their health is going to be like. 24% of people, if they commute on a train, say they would not talk with the people around them. We would rather live with a sense of isolation. Here's what he discovered. One of the reasons people are reluctant to talk to strangers on a train or a plane is they don't think it will be enjoyable. Most of us are systematically mistaken about how much we will enjoy a social encounter. 
Commuters expect to have less pleasant rides if they try to strike up a conversation with a stranger, but their actual experience was precisely the opposite. People randomly assigned to talk with a stranger enjoyed their trips consistently more than people who just kept to themselves. Introverts sometimes go into these conversations with particularly low expectations, but both introverts and extroverts tend to get more enjoyment out of life or enjoyment out of their hours when they connect with other people than when they do not. It turns out, Brooks writes, that many of us wear ridiculously negative antisocial filters. It turns out that people underestimate how positively others will respond when they reach out to express support. People consistently underestimate how much they are going to learn if they enter into conversations with other people. Brooks writes, People also underestimate how they would enjoy longer conversations with new acquaintances. They underestimated how much they're going to enjoy deeper conversations compared to shallower ones. They underestimated how much they would like the person greet one another with a holy kiss. They underestimated how much better their conversation would be if they moved it to a more intimate communication media. Talk on the phone rather than text. Talk face to face rather than make it on the phone. In settings that range from public parks to online, people underestimate how positively giving a compliment to another person would make that other person feel. We are an extremely social species, but many of us suffer from what Epley calls under-sociality. We see the world in anxiety-drenched ways that causes us to avoid situations where we'd end up in contact with other people, and it really is destroying us. And it's true not just when it comes to talking to a stranger. It's true when talking to a family member. It's true when talking to a friend. It's true when talking with folks who are at work. Now, what often happens is, I'm afraid when I talk to somebody else that I'm going to say the wrong thing, that it's going to take effort, that it's going to generate anxiety in me, that I will look foolish or say something stupid. However, it turns out that when people talk with you, when you initiate conversation with them, they are not primarily assessing you for intelligence or social competence. Mostly, we are assessing each other for warmth. We're just wondering, are you interested in me? Do you care about me? And when we receive that from another person, it brings us to life. And when we give that to another person, it gives us life. So today, talk to somebody. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And we need to do this ultimately because we were made in the image of God. And God himself exists in community, Father, Son, and Spirit. And then, this is really important, God is not a distant God. God in Jesus put on flesh. It's interesting, in Luke 7, there's a story of Jesus with a woman that was a sinful woman who uh, pours out her affection to him. And Jesus says to the host of the dinner there, when I came in, you did not greet me with a kiss. In that ancient culture, uh, a kiss was the customary way of greeting. And there's still cultures that do that today. Again, Scandinavian culture that I grew up in wasn't one of them, unfortunately. 
But whatever it is, fist bump, handshake, big hug, to do that. And, and in the New Testament, it says to make it holy. That is to invite God into it. To ask God, would you use this gesture to pour out blessings into the lives of another person? People just want to know that you care. Brooks writes that this research illuminates a mystery. Many of us have been writing about the breakdown of social relationships. Books now appear with titles like The Lonely Century, The Crisis of Connections, Lost Connections. But mass loneliness is a perversity. If people are lonely, why don't they just hang out together? My general view is the fate of America, maybe even the world, uh, will be importantly determined by how we treat each other in the smallest acts of daily life. This means being a genius at the close at hand, greeting a stranger, detecting anxiety in somebody's voice, and asking them what's wrong, knowing how to talk across differences, not being too busy to be interrupted, See, the genius of the close at hand, in theological terms, is called incarnation. Our God is not a distant God, but a God who wanted to get up close and personal and came in the flesh. When he was betrayed, uh, we're told in the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas came up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him because the kiss was an expression of respect and greeting from a student to a rabbi. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That's the deal today. Talk to somebody that you wouldn't talk to. Give somebody a call. um, See somebody face to face. If you're in a place where folks are in line, just, I, I think about my friend Duncan. He had these great big hands and he would always shake your hand and he wouldn't stop shaking your hand until you looked him right in the eye. Think about my friend Neil, who at the end of any conversation would always say, take very good care of yourself. I think about my friend Larry, who always, it was kind of a ritual when you would say to Larry, how are you? He'd say, oh, fine. More importantly, how are you? So however you do it with words, just take the plunge. Introvert, extrovert, doesn't matter. Wherever you are, it will bring life to you if you connect with other people. You were made to count, and we do that in the smallest ways. Make today count. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.